and hello again. This is Norman Go, and you're listening to BMI Bicara Minggu Ini. And today we have a special episode featuring three of our friends here from Pulang Mengundi Sabah. So we've known that the uh, Sabah State election will be held on the 26th of September, and the polling, uh, the nomination day will be this Saturday on the 12th of September. Then uh, everyone seems to shorten their cards, and we've seen some people not being named and things like that. But what's going on right now? So there are a lot of Sabahans finding their way home, but they just stumbled to a few more problems of getting their flight home in the midst of COVID-19. So today we have three of our friends, young friends, young leaders, uh, very energetic, enthusiastic on helping Malaysians going home to vote. And uh, let no, without wasting your time, let's uh, hear from them. First of all, please introduce yourself. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Daniel Rizan Koyum. Uh, I'm here with my friends, uh, Aaron Denison, Umar, and we are from Pulang Mengundi, Sabah. And to start, uh, introduce, we are an initiative to bring back all the voters from Sabah who are stuck in Semenanjung Malaysia to vote in this coming election. Now, let me share with me, how does this whole idea come about where you... Um, this sounds very similar to the previous Pula uh, Mengundi Rabu back then, back was in 2018. Uh, what, how does this come about with uh, three of you? And I do understand that none of you are Sabahans in this initiative. How does this come about? It is. Uh, it all started with a simple conversation with our friend, our fellow friend Zaria. She's from Sabah. So on one fine day, we heard this news about this coming election on Sabah. And our friend Zaria started to call our friend Aaron. He said, uh, why not we do one initiative to help all these people, our fellow friend, our fellow Malaysian, in the spirit of Malaysia, we help them uh, in this difficult time of COVID. And we see there's this problem affecting all of people here in uh, in Peninsula. And it is almost similar to what was happening in the last election. Yeah, we see how many how many of our friends are affected by all this because you know flights how what is the average flight cost for them to fly home to Sabah? Now we get Aaron to speak about it. Yeah, so of course I mean I think I've been conversing with Mass and Asia as well. So I mean the average cost at the moment um, is around four hundred ringgit. That's the average uh, for them to go back to KK, Sandakan, Otawau, and then back here to Kuala Lumpur. That's until for a flight, right? Yes. So what is. are the responses from AirAsia, Mars, Malindo? So um, we got an, a reaction from Mars um, through Twitter. Hmm. So I think someone tagged them on Twitter um, the first time, and then I think someone else also tagged them today. Hmm. Yes, but myself. Yeah, yourself. <laughs> so, um, so they got back to us, um, mm. and they said we should have a should have a discussion. So we are talking to them tomorrow. Um, so we are meeting the sales team in Sabah, Mas Sabah. So we're meeting to Google Meet. So from then on, we will decide whether we're gonna charter a flight, or we're still gonna use um, the previous uh, method we were thinking about, which is subsidizing each of them. Um, Individually, so what's so, the current state right now? How much have you raised? So, um, yesterday it was at around three thousand ringgit, hmm. but today only today we managed to raise around six thousand ringgit. So it's total at the moment, um, we, it's nine thousand ringgit, and we want more. 
um, because we have a lot of people who applied uh, to our Google form, um, and we want to send as much as we can back home to Sabah. And then, uh, what's the average per person that they are uh, person about four hundred? So, uh, how many people can you cover with that uh, current number of uh, right now? Funds you realistically, raise? is between twenty to twenty five people alone mm. that we can cover, but we want. I mean, some of them. I saw one of the com. I mean, our articles was in like Magicini. One of them said, "Oh, ten thousand ringgit." Our target was ten thousand ringgit, at initially, mm-hmm. before everything happened, and some of them commented saying, that, "Oh, it's too low. You guys should be ambitious." So, but now I think we can be ambitious, and we want to send as many as we can. I mean, if it's hundred, two hundred, as long as we have the capacity, we have the money, we'll fly them home. So, what are the uh, the next step of things? You know, because. How many people are have applied to to you at the moment? Um, at the moment, our live Google form just now, as we checked, it was around at least three thousand five hundred. Yeah, three thousand five hundred. You times four hundred ringgit. That will cost you a million. Yeah, but this is before the vetting. We haven't vet everyone yet mm. based on our criteria. Mm. So uh, once we start vetting them based on our criteria, then we will see the actual numbers that so actually we can fly home. Yeah, Umar, probably you can share with us about you know what are your vetting process on uh, getting uh, the the funds dispersed out to Sabahans who wants to go back home to vote. So first, before uh, an applicant apply uh, to uh, to subsidize their flight back to Sabah, there are three criteria that they have to meet. First of all, there must be youth age between twenty one to two thirty five years old. Mm-hmm. And if they are student, we want them uh, approve a student. Let's say a student card. And second, if they are working, we need them to prove that they are earning below three thousand ringgit per month. Mm. So we re- we request them for them to give the pay uh, pay slip, uh, the August pay slip. So if they meet all of these criteria, um, they will send it. They will, uh, after filling in the Google form, they uh, we will need them. To send email of these documents that we have asked, so it is true those documents we vet them according to these classes of people. But if we found them uh, to be, let's say, they are actually earning three thousand five hundred ringgit per month, yeah. because of these limited resources that we have, we might have to uh, reject all uh, this kind of application. But um, let's say we are very optimistic right now uh, maybe we can earn more when the media traction that we are having right now maybe we can increase maybe we can increase the subsidization from 50% maybe we can subsidize to 70% of their uh, flight tickets mm-hmm. so that is how the voting process is going on between the nine of us so i have just a question about it though you know the you are only targeting about 18 to 35 years old um there's this um Support only comes for the flight tickets. How about their travel tickets back to Kampung, back to the villages in many different parts of uh, Sabah? So area. right now we are not thinking about that because we feel their flight tickets is already expensive. Mm. So we are doing more than what we can do, mm-hmm. and we have to be realistic and think about our own capacity. Um, flight is costing so much, especially now during COVID. Okay. So we are trying to have like a fixed price for the flight tickets so we are not thinking of trying to cover their for example if they have a they need to take a bus back to where they come from or they need to take any other um, you know transportation back so we are not thinking about that yet at the moment is right now it's just fully focused on flying them back so that's the only focus now so what about those who are age 35 and above and uh, you, know, you know the 35 uh, are you going to leave them out or 
How? So yes, well, we have been getting a lot of flag on Facebook mm. um, since the first day we posted the Google Docs. Ah, well, <laughs> these are some of the difficult challenges. True, you true, true. Face, it is. So. It is a challenge. So mm. what happened is, we are not sidelining those who are 35 and above. Okay. Um, our capacity is nine people. Mm. So what these nine people can do is to cater to our audience. We are young people. We are youth. So we are technically technically catering to our audience. And what we can do is, if anyone or any other initiatives who would like to fund those who are above thirty five, they are very much welcome to do so. And we are really open to working with them. So that's what we can provide at the moment. But even those who are thirty five and above, we might look at case to case basis as well. Some of them, if the applications or Their documents say that they really need it, or if any any email that shows them a need for us to help them, we will definitely consider it. But it's case to case basis. But at the moment, we are we have to stick to our criteria between twenty one to thirty five. You know, just today I will go back to you, Daniel. You know, looking at how you know Sabahans are going to vote on the twenty sixth of September. Okay, and we look at today's report. Four point two million Malaysians have yet to register to vote. You know what more to say? Young people, forty percent in Selangor, those who are aged forty and below, have yet to register to vote. Now, in your opinion, why is there such a lackadaisical attitude, or what's stopping young people from registering to exercise the vote? Uh, first thing I think is about awareness. Which uh, means that what we are doing right now, we try to engage more and more people uh, to tell them to inform them what what is the most important thing to do uh, in a democratic process. The first thing is the participation. We understand when pe- uh, certain people have certain problem, so we don't want these people and all the citizens of Malaysia to feel that they are being uh, sidelined in a democratic process. Based on economic factors, uh, personal factors, maybe they are they are well being, but we try to minimize all these factors that affecting them from uh, practicing their uh, democratic right in a democratic process in Malaysia. So first of all, we know uh, our targeted segment from 18, uh, from 21 right now uh, until 35. These are the people who are being affected economically in, in large cities. They are they have a problem in work. Uh, they are underemployed. Mm. So, to for them, by spending more money to fly, let's say in this situation to fly to Sabah, there is another aspect, a, a large chunk of expenses for them. So we want all the citizens of Malaysia to come together to know that. We must help them. We we must help together as a citizen of Malaysia in the spirit of Malaysia, that all these factors that limiting them to exercise their uh, their democratic right, we must assist them, because once they know that we are behind them, all these people are supporting them to do. They to to how to say to. No, one day when you yeah. want, when you when you help them this time, the next time they will be they are the ones who be helping you instead. Yeah, because you know there's a last section in Malaysia, they are under thirty five. One day when they approach their age that they are, have more capacity to help, 
they are they themselves to become a responsible citizen to help other people as well so what we are doing right now is an awareness process that we know one day there will be another group going to be inspired by this and will do another pro- another uh, any initiative that have more impact to the country so how do you guys know each other you know something that really strikes me is that you know um three odd looking um guys in front of me in different dresses you know <laughs> one in formal one not formal you know odd people coming together i wouldn't say odd you guys don't look odd anyway i mean girls we you, just you can see yeah. i mean you know you can you can i mean people will still go to you i mean you're yeah. just normal blokes you know but how do you guys come about yeah Are you guys know each other from before yeah i have some stories to share lah. Ah, do share do okay. share so back then uh, in 2016 mm. uh, i was studying in university malaya mm-hmm. so i know aaron from somewhere because he's doing some stuff where in, is that somewhere uh in university in um Ah. So he's one of the uh, MPP Majlis Perwakilan Pelajar. So he's doing great stuff in UM. So I can see a lot of potential with Aaron. So one fine day I just DM at Facebook. I say hello Aaron. Uh, do you want to meet? And the first thing I said to him that oh this is not MLM. So you don't have to be worried. And then we just talk. And we talk talk about and then we just know that we can do something great in um so that is where it all start started and then we form a movement called mm-hmm. democrat um and up until now it's already 2020 so mm-hmm. we have four years existing in campus and fighting for democracy transparency and yeah we get to know more people and more people and Uma here as well. He's still a student, so yeah, he's. Like, so you guys are like his senior then. Yeah. Now, all wait, wait. We don't really consider us as senior because Aaron and you are from UM and Umar is UM too. From. So kira you from kira US, senior right? lah. Not not really because wait, 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 UM people, or USM. UM. UM senior we, lah. We treat people equally. <laughs> no senior means doesn't mean that you are a plus above means <laughs> senior maybe mean you are a little bit older but at the end of the day it's a flat hierarchy anyway yeah, yeah. there's no hierarchy there's it's no flat hierarchy. so umar this is one of the thing you being a student mm-hmm. so we look at the 2018 election the we look at the age composition itself malaysia has about malaysia is a young country the average I think there was the median age and median age in Malaysia of a population of 32 million is 27 28 years old. But do you remember what's the composition of um, those aged below 40 in our parliament? As I remember in 2018 there right now, I mean 2018 right now there are very few uh, people people below age of 40 in the in the august house mm. uh, well, this is this trend is worrying because you, you can see around the world um, the uprising that is happening in democracies like uh, hong kong mm. uh, in our neighboring country like thailand this is gr- growing dissatisfaction towards the political establishment this this uh, dissatisfaction was driven uh, by their lacking of um, 
includes a, a lacking of representation in parliament mm. because they do not believe that these old politics are not catering enough to the young people in this working democracy and the same thing is the same cycle i think is happening in malaysia as well we cannot ignore that fact because you have seen all these hashtags uh, the waves ha- happening in social media the masakita movement um, it is going prevalent because of uh, the recent langkah sheraton that happened mm. um, because of this all all people have been monopoly uh, our politics our political landscape and this growing satisfaction is valid the concern is there because uh, we we think that uh, these old people are not uh, hearing to the voice of the young people and sometimes young people have all thinking as well well right right that's right because there are even young people that are playing old politics as well yeah, and yeah. it is very very worrying and we're trying to change that um uh, change what would you like to change there you know in re- in 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 relation to the upcoming sabah election and we know that the, the reason why there is an election in sabah because there were people who jump from one party to another correct no this one and then people changing the size and then there it goes it changed government so who's the biggest loser right here the biggest loser is of course the marginalized the youth the young people because and the people who vote right the people who voted mm. exactly um the biggest loser there because um i think the biggest for a driving factor that uh, happened uh, that leads to what's happening is because of money the influence of money in politics is very huge and if you see uh, the wealth gap between those in politics and also the voters there's a huge gap in there because the the one helming the political uh, powers are usually people with money and who would think who would in their right mind would leave that huge amount of money huge amount of uh, influence that they have in decision making in law making um to these young people who have who they think do not have idealism so i think that's a that's the biggest mistake and that's money politics is very rampant in our country hmm. which it's hard to change because we don't have we do not have enough uh, regulation on political financing on um regulations that cap uh, politi- uh, politi- uh political funding political donations and donations all that and yeah all that. there's no transparency how money is spent you know it can be you know i'm buying food and beer and drink you know right. here i'm talking you know to umar daniel and aaron now i was talking to umar so i was seeing aaron everyone's going very fidgety it's like i want to speak over to you aaron <laughs> you have you seem to have a lot to say you know no, just applauding umar for being honest which mm. is really good and i mean I mean, I'm I'm a 28 year old, long left at university. Uma is a fresh face, so I was, I was thrilled to hear him say what he said just now. So yeah. You know, the, you know, with this hashtag Pulamungundi Sabah, you know, the importance of uh, going back to vote, and having more young people. Talking about maybe having more young people. We look at the report by the, um, one of the, uh, I think. Let me have a quick check. It's called Seat. Seeds Sabah had a report uh, yesterday. It's called the uh, Society of Empowerment and Economic Development of Sabah Seeds released in a report yesterday, saying that the percentage of voters in Sabah 
will be about uh, mostly young people. This is an election of the young people in Sabah. You know, the, the uh, key realities on the ground. Uh, let's look at a number. Uh, what I have in front here is that uh, from the uh, survey that, um, let me have a look. You know, percentage of registered youth votes um, is between about, you know, the highest would be about 50% in some places, about 41%. It's a very, very high percentage of young voters age 40 and below. And seats sum this up, saying that this election belongs to the young. What do you think about this? I mean, it is. I mean, I think from the last election as well, there was already a wave of young people mm. um, that was fired up, ready to go and vote as well. And I would say the last election was because the young people basically said they want to change after not having any change for the past 60 over years. So it's not surprising that this current Sabah election is going to be the election of the young people. And don't be surprised, the next GE is going to be the definitely the election of the young people. But we're still waiting. We're still waiting. I'm still waiting. The 18-year-old, I mean, we have to lower the age to 18-year-old. For it to be, a, I'm waiting for it to happen. Yeah, we're still waiting for the... Uh, Oh well, the uh, landmark uh, amendment of the federal constitution. Yep. You know, we had three the triple three: automatic voter registration, and then you lower the age of voting to eighteen, and you lower the age of eligibility to run to eighteen years old. You know, I I remember two years ago when I was in 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 the United States, I met the youngest legislator, and she was eighteen. You know what was her manifesto? Her manifesto was to raise the um, to eradicate child marriage and to raise the age of marriage to 16 it was she was the youngest um, legislator in New Hampshire and things like that you know things are moving in other countries but we've seen that wave in Malaysia but what is one problem why wouldn't you run for election <laughs> young well, people like you and I you know yeah. run for election you know where we've heard we've seen a lot of young people coming out to say we gotta change. We gotta change. Well, of course, there's another school of thought. Change for what? Ah? Yeah. Change later, it get worse. How? Ah? And then they might as well don't vote. Lah. Right. <laughs> but is change necessary? Is standing up, you know, running for election necessary? And we know politics is toxic and all that. Politics will continue to be toxic unless we change it. So, coming on that, will be. You know, let us finish the Sabah part. How important is the Sabah election? For me, it's uh, the first election in Malaysia post-pandemic when the pandemic is not over. It's still there. And for me, this Sabah state election is also a testing ground. A testing ground for all the political parties who are basically contesting. And I think this Sabah election will actually pave the way for a general election or even a diff another state assembly election, we don't know. But this election is a testing ground whether people are fatigued because of what happened um, in February. And this election will also show whether some political parties are strong or some political parties are weak. And I would say this election will basically pave the way for maybe the result for the next general election. So Daniel, I'll move to you. Do you think that this is a litmus test for um, whatever what's coming in, in, in Malaysia? 
Yes, it is a very clear litmus, litmus test for everyone, for every level. It's not only for the citizen, the politician, the NGO, for everyone. For for us, the youth, maybe some will say, oh, we already tried once and the government still topple beyond our control. Mm. But we have to trust the process. We have to trust the process that although change might happen and it will come back to the always but we have to continue to hope we have to continue to push we have to continue to aspire people that's what we are trying to be doing on all avenue that we have mm-hmm. but right now the structure is not very inviting for youth to participate in politics and that's why Most of the people, uh, most of our friends, uh, are still doing all the grassroots advocating, try to get more engage more people to do all sort of prog- programs, try to empower people. But moving forward, for the youth to really participate in the decision making process, such as to contest in an election, uh, we are. We are not really there yet because when we are talking about being decision-making, the stereotype about youth is still strong, is still negative. Yeah, we still see hackling happening in, in, in the parliament. Yes, exactly. You know, you're being called, uh, you have no experience, you are mm. someone's grandchild, you are a man-boy or boy-man or girl-woman, whatnot, and things like that. Yeah. You know, still being talked down to that sort of um, perception, that sort of um, um, very demeaning. Yeah. They, they are like bullies. But I think we've seen what YB Syed Sadiq did. Stood up, smiled, hello. That's it. Yeah. But then, you know, like uh, there's this whole thing's moving about young people coming up together. And back in 2008, There was a um, a youth party mm-hmm. that was created then, led by the Mahasiswa. Then, that didn't work out. So, do you think, you know, now coming to this, be now we are slowly moving from Sabah into the national politics. Now we come to what is this muda about? Uh, we saw development in our national uh, politics scale. There is a movement called Muda, Masa Kita, and we see it gain a lot of traction. Mm. But for us, this is our time to really do what is the the most important thing, to make it right. Make so, what right? If let's say, because I'm not really part of the Muda movement, but all i can see all my friends my the people around me we are really we are really follow this development mm. and we can really see how this will develop into such a big scale to represent the youth in malaysia how big are we expecting you know Aaron or Omar can come and chip in. How big are we expecting this sort of movement? We're seeing support here and there, mm. um, chatter here and there, even retire. I mean, I've seen my teachers also retire. They're saying happy that mm-hmm. you know young people are leading this whole thing. Do you see this as mainstreaming and platforming young people 
into the mainstream politics in breaking the what we call as the two-party system where these coalition parties are still very much you have to you know there are certain cliques then in here and you have to make your way up um, to the position you know again it's party politics all over again money warlords you know how will this young party or even a young platform move above all this uh, I can see uh, we can see all what's happening in the parliament when the youngest uh, of them Sheikh Sadiq being heckled in the parliament this experience is not uh, alien for most of the youth I can see most of the youth can be relate can relate this experience throughout their life. It's happening. They're being held down in their work, in in every in every space that they are being held off. So right now, what the youth are trying to do is reclaiming the space, reclaiming the narrative that we are capable, because when you can see with all this technology with all this new knowledge with all this platform in the social media the youth are really well versed with all this this kind of stuff they have all this access right now they just need a platform to be launched to the next level mm-hmm. Umar do you think this will be successful? what do you say to what the former Prime Minister Dr. Mahathir Mohamad who is also the Langkawi member of parliament saying that this will not work. What's your comment? I think he, as always, he's always pessimistic about young people. I mean, if we were to look at his... Really? Yes, he's pessimistic about young people. I remember his, his speeches are saying he believes in a lot of young people, but towards young people coming out to have their own platform, he thinks it's pessim- he's pessimistic towards it. He is, because... We cannot trust politicians. He is politician anyway. Because um, if we were to look at history, um, in the early days of the uh, independence, who are the moving, uh, the, the group class of people that is moving uh, towards uh, independence? It is the young people. If we were to look at Kesatuan Melayu Muda. It is all of these young groups that are pushing because it is normal for young people to be very dissatisfied. They want things to get, uh, to get things done very fast, very fast uh because there there's this um sentiment that old people are not understanding enough they are outdated they do not uh, uh capable of understanding things that ca- are currently happening they are dinosaurs they are dinosaurs yes basically yeah in malay what we always say pemikiran sentiasa ditakut lama yes but very orthodox mm. um but if you were to look at um mahadi's political career he is the one who has tabled the Universities and Universities Colleges Act in the Parliament when he was the Minister of Education, the 1975 Amendment, because he, he was seeing the young people are the moving factor uh, and young people could shackle the political establishment, the, the student activism at, the, at this moment, at that moment. Mm-hmm. So he tabled that uh, amendment to the UUCA Act and he basically um, have... Uh, he had slowly killed the student movement on campus. Basically, UM is the moving, uh, mobilizing students um, to uh, criticize the government in larger scale. Uh, students even can pet- 
participate in national elections at that time. So because of that amendment, students cannot anymore. Uh, students are barred from participating in national uh, elections, general elections. So uh, it is because of that uh, element. Now students are become, becoming more passive. Students are becoming no, uh, not interested in participating in politics um, because of this uh, factor that legislation that even Dr Mahadi have introduced in the parliament because of because of that. Basically, the UUCA that you mentioned earlier. It's a way to sterilize the student movement, correct, and disempower um, the movement in 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 the universities. And it was this movement in the universities that started the union movement of the trade unions and all that. However, it was also the last administration they've tried to abolish the uh, uni- universities and colleges act by the same person. Yes, correct. Um, Tell me, saying uh, it is uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde again. Yes, because uh, we were very uh, optimistic about mm. uh, the announcement. Even they put in in their manifesto that they're going to abolish that act. But what we have seen is they abolish only one particular section. That um, I remember it was section fifteen, part C. Correct. Uh, section uh, Section Fifteen, Part C, that students cannot participate in politics, but outside of the campus, but mm. on campus, they still cannot uh, participate in politics. Which I am very skeptical of uh, political parties coming into campus. Mm. But it is in the name of freedom. Students should be allowed to participate in politics. Whatever party they will, uh, they wish to participate in, they wish to uh, voice out their concern. But because of UCA, students are not allowed, are legally not allowed. To do that, because if you were to see in the case of Hilman Idham against the Minister of Education, uh, Hilman, Idaha, Hilman Idaham just participated in a campaign in Egypt during uh, by election, but because he participated in that, he was um, expelled by university. If I'm not wrong, yeah, there was the famous uh, UKM four. UKM four case, correct? Correct. So. Um, and then again, the UUCA Act is also in contradiction of the uh, uh, Freedom of Assembly and Freedom of Association that is under the Article 20 of the Universal Declaration of uh, of Human Rights. So back to you, Aaron. Do you think this new movement by the youth will take its light? Um, well, I have some comments on that one. Um, basically, I would say the youth want the same thing. We want a fresh new movement. We want a movement to represent them, and we want a movement which is not like how old politics work. So that's where the issue is. Um, right now, I think the Muda movement is very top down, which what old politics is. It's very top down, and and there's also an issue of inclusivity in the movement at the moment. Maybe you want to explain more. What is this? Um, is this inclusivity or exclusivity? There's no um, inclusivity. That's what I want to say. Ah. There's so much exclusivity. Um, there's so much people who are famous. People who have done a lot of work, which is. I mean, I would have to say. I mean, those people are legit. They should be in there, but there should be a balance between, for example, a community leader from 
Pera or Ipo, for example, should be part of the party as well, because if he is doing a lot of work within his community, mm-hmm. he's a young person, he's known to his community, mm-hmm. community, he should be part of it as well. So the issue here is either you start a grassroots movement and then turn it into a political party or etc., which is fine because you are going around asking them as well. Whether do you think you need a political party to represent you, or do you think you need a movement to represent you? You should ask a young person in Alostar, for example. Not now, Alostar is under PKP lockdown, so not now. But for example, if you go and ask them, I mean, they will give you the answers. So I think you need a larger audience in before other words. you decide to start a young movement. So in other words, you want to call for a nationwide congress to get. The voices from all round, particularly from the youth, on this. Am I right to say that? Yeah, I would say I would I would I would say that's the right approach. Hmm. Because if you keep like saying that your support is from social media, Twitter hashtags, Facebook, I mean it's very very. I would say it's very very small. I mean that's a very small uh, group that you're targeting. So you're saying that this is a rather immature way and very superficial to gauge the support just by looking at social media. Of course, it is. I would say yes, because if you're going to start something new, and if you want something which is different, then before, go on the ground, start talking to people, do surveys, print the forms, give them, let them answer it, and from there you decide whether it's a good idea rather than just rushing it into. Forming the political party or movement or whatever. Now, uh, as I speak to Aaron, I'm seeing Daniel smiling away. You know, we think to take his turn to speak. You know, how how would you think about the what is the proper what is the right way to actually move forward together in platforming youth into politics? So the approach must be uh, bottom up. You cannot do something really top down. But we understand we're currently in a situation where we don't really have an access to people. But that's not the reason for the first reason, the main reason for us not to engage more people. Uh, I do think that um, few few months ago, I mean last month, we had this parliament digital movement that really catered all of the youth in Malaysia. Uh, I believe that this this programs or this initiative been done to show that that we can do something that the parliament that cannot uh, cannot 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 even do. They didn't do a, a parliamentary sitting during that time, based on the reason that it is still under lockdown that we cannot move here and there. But the youth already make. One one big move to show that we can reach this larger base in Malaysia by use by Parliament Digital, but I'm so surprised. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised now that we didn't use that or maybe similar to that initiative to reach more the larger picture in Malaysia on how they perceive the idea of youth politics or even of forming a political party based on youth. Now going back to you, Umar. How would you like to see, and you know, should there be a snap election? 
how are you going to move about you know that you, there is going to be a platform for the youth and what would you like what you want to see to have for the youth what i want to see let's say there's really a snap election a youth movement maybe if you were to announce that there is going to be a youth party i would say that that is unrealistic because to register an a political party under the RRS it took years if you were to look at the party socialist party socialist malaysia case they took almost years to get them formally registered to enter into election so i'm not gonna, i'm not really sure how the youth party going to register in that short moment so but what we can um do actually is if uh, maybe youth can participate in general election uh by we don't have the resources maybe we, um in order to have uh, the trust of the youth maybe we can do some crowdfunding to pay for deposits to pay for their uh, campaign il- uh, elections so it is true that that you are building solidarity among the the young people maybe you cannot po- formally participate uh, join amno in this short, short moment who would even give you the wallets in amno would not give the confidence in you who are just new to the party to just join the election to contest with the old people there of course they would not want that but Yes, that is that is the realistic thing that I'm. I can think. Let's see if, uh, if there is to be a snap election. Now back to you, Aaron. We know that you know the Mua MP, who was also the former youth and sports minister, hinted that he will launch or announce his new youth party come Malaysia Day, and we are about um, six days away, just barely a week. How you know with? You know, with so much chatter yesterday, you know, is this going to be happening? How is this going to be? Um, you know, it's like when you are about to fly, you can't fly. You know, and you know there are so many. It's is it's going to be a split, as we see it. Well, tough question. It's it's a tough question, <laughs> but like I said, I mean. We are echoing the same thing. We want a movement. Everyone has been talking about masa kita. Everyone has been talking about muda. So that's the aim. Mm. But just the way of us getting to the aim is just different. Because personally, for me, if you were to set up something, it has to be set up properly from the start. Yes, some people say you can make change from the inside. Once you join the party, you can make a lot of changes. But look at Kyrie Jamaluddin in Amno. He's trying. Still trying, for years now. No change, right? And we have seen what happened in PKR. There was an internal movement, and there's a split. So I think the best way to approach this is before you start. You should listen to the concerns and listen to the voices of the mass. And from there, and then you start forming something substantial. But if you start, if you rush through it, the same thing is going to happen. We have seen it. Many cycles again and again, so I feel personally I feel that I mean before you even start something, I mean you need to address the concerns first before you start it. Well, I think this conversation will take longer, and as the muda or party anak muda or the youth party headed by um, 
YB Said Sadik for more. They were likely to take shape sometime in this week and we will see what will happen as chats continues and different groups having, you know, clash of ideas on how things are going to move about. So maybe things are going to have a new party while another side is going to have a new platform. As the group here with the three young, strong, I would say very enthusiastic people getting Sabah Hans back to Sabah, now it's time to for us to put our you know our hats together and help our fellow Malaysians go back to Sabah and vote. And why voting is important, can you sum it in one word? It's our responsibility and technically it's the only platform we have at the moment mm-hmm. to show them who's boss. Yep, right yet is the boss. That's the right way to go. Now if in case of people who wants to, um, if you would like to donate, if you would like to help the group of Pulau Mengundi Sabah, you can always contact them on Facebook. They are available on Facebook, Pulau Mengundi Sabah. Or you can always check out their Facebook. They have all the contacts are there. I think Daniel, Umar and uh, Aaron's contacts are all there. You can contact them if you need help or if you want to contribute uh, your cash or whatnot to, to help fellow Sabahans go back to Sabah and vote. In the meantime, please educate your friends and family about the rights of voting, about the importance of exercising your right as Malaysians wherever you are. So, thank you so much, guys, for uh, joining me tonight. In, uh, although it's a very short notice, and um, I think I will see you guys back on back on uh, Bichara Minggu Ini to talk about platforming youth i mean whether or not the party is going to move on we will see we will definitely see a better platform for young malaysians to be in the parliament it's not to say that dinosaurs should die but it's the time for youth to seize the space because at the end of the day the future belongs to us but then again we treasure them as well you're listening to Bichari Minguini, uncovering current affairs and politics, and you can listen to the stories and interviews on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts on iTunes. For more updates and stories, if you have any suggestions, you can tweet to me at I'm Nongo. Thank you for listening. Do support me by subscribing to the show. And if you'd like to contribute to support the podcast, do send me a message too. Don't forget, if you can donate, donate to Pulang Mungundi Sabah and help them to go home and vote. Sabah Mungundi, Sabah Mumile. Inilah masa kita. This is Nomango. Thank you.